my Bible study took me to the portion of scripture where Jesus is asleep in the boat and the disciples are tripping because there's a storm. Now, those of us on the outside looking in who have read all of the stories about how he multiplied the little boy's lunch to feed a whole slew of people. And then the disciples got in the boat and were all thinking about what they were going to eat because all they had was one bowl of rice. (sighs) I remember, maybe it was just me. I remember thinking, oh my God, they're walking with him. They've seen what he can do. Why are they tripping? I mean, (sighs) they saw a man walk on water. They saw him walk on water and heal people and raise them from the dead and Man, somebody could just touch him and get healed. And yet they were tripping about what they were going to eat and amazed that the fig tree died when he cursed it. It's like, okay, you're walking with him, you're talking with him, you're listening to him. He's teaching you, he's pouring into you. You are around this anointing. And you fret and moan and complain. And I said to myself, the first time I read this, man, if that was me, I wouldn't trip at all. Uh-uh-uh. I'd be like, uh, yo, Jesus, uh, uh, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? <laughs> well, silly, fallible human me, standing outside, looking in, reading the word from an air of superiority, I'm going to call that the bewitched syndrome. Yeah, I used to watch that show too and think to myself, wow, Darren, you married a whole witch and yet you don't want her to be one. She could snap her fingers and sometimes she did. Sometimes, very few times, he was happy about it. But he didn't have a clue who she was. heart or any of that never ever once did he question whether or not she bewitched him to marry her anyway that's a bunny trail because right now I am fretting and moaning and complaining because I had a goal in my heart I even had a three-month, six-month timeline. And I know people say you make a plan and, you know, God laughs at it. But I don't I don't believe that. I really don't. I don't believe that part. Because if I trust in Him, the Bible says if I trust in Him, if I don't lean to my own understanding... Understanding that the power I need comes from God and not from me. Because I found out Polygyra is just no good. He would give you the desires of your heart. And the desire of my heart was that three-month, six-month plan. And then there was a weapon formed against us. I'm not saying that it's prospering. I'm just saying that the formation of it caused me 
to just feel like the boat is sinking, filling with water. The funny thing, God has had me to speak into the lives of and minister to and build up people who are or were in the same situation. And in those situations, I've seen God move and heal their situation. Because see, in my head, I don't, I don't want him in a box. I don't want Jehovah Jireh only provides. Jehovah Rapha only heals. He is the creator. Everything belongs to him. So I can say, God, heal our finances. Heal a marriage. Heal a relationship. Heal a child. I don't pray for healing in the country because there are some prerequisites. Because those of us who know him, who profess him, have to humble ourselves. I don't see a lot of humbleness confess our sins you know the verse but right now I'm talking about how the disciples walked and talked and touched and smelled and saw and learned and was around Jesus so much so that the Bible often talks about how he would draw away from them which means they were constantly with him somebody was constantly with him and he would draw away to pray to seek the Father. Even when he realized the price he was going to have to pay pay for us, he said, let this cup pass from me. And we stop there as Christians. Please God, move it, stop it, take us out of this. Right after that, he said, Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And I know I've said it before at the beginning of my faith walk. I did not pray that part because I wasn't sure that I wanted his will. You know how baby Christians are. And then there are times on this end of my walk, in this portion For whatever the reason, I feel as if his will is always going to be contrary to what I want. You know, the people who expect something bad, so when something good happens, they're, you know, they're excited, but when something bad happens, they're not taken aback by it. Total wrong, wrong, wrong state of mind. Because I know that he who promised is faithful. I know that greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I know that he has made me more than a conqueror. I also have under my belt the times that he has always been on time no matter how late I thought he was. The times I have fallen asleep and had wonderful dreams and and woke up with the word of the Lord on my head and the song of the Lord out of my mouth. I'm flustered. 
you can't hear it right now, I am. I'm flustered. Quite flustered. But I know that all things, whether I understand it or not, all things work together for my good. Now faith The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. I have to work on that. I've been working on believing that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And yet every single day, even today, my prayer answered. might not seem anything to anyone else but me, but I noticed it. The person I prayed for was excited and happy. Who knows, he might have prayed the same thing too, but I know what I prayed. And that happened. (laughs) I know that where I stand now, I cannot look at those in the Bible and shake my hands, shake my head, especially especially the disciples. Because they knew him, but obviously they didn't know him. And the Bible tells us that we don't serve a God who don't understand, who never went through, who didn't deal with what we deal with on a daily basis, hourly minute-by-minute basis, and yet he was sinless. Sinless. I know that's not an option because we were born under a corruptible seed. Sin is in our nature. Disobedience, the very first sin, is in our nature. Disobedience opened the door. So my prayers start with God, forgive me. If I did anything that was not pleasing to you, if I was disobedient in even the smallest of minutest of ways, then I fully believe that he does forgive. And that part's in my head as I move about on this faith journey trying to walk circumspectly, seeing answer to prayer all around me. There's one thing that I haven't come to grips with yet. And I don't know how to deal with it. I've never known how to deal with it, but Well, it caused me to sow in prayer what I want because it always seems that I am called to speak into a heart's desire. Let me explain. As little girls, we grow up with things in our heart. You know, and I'm not talking about being the the princess thing. I'm thinking about 
you know, how I want your family to be, how you want your kids to be, how you want your, you know, what the kind of house you're going to live in, da 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 whatever that kind of thing. I had the occasion to meet a woman who was living in my dream. She wasn't living it happily. And not just because she wasn't living it the way that I would have lived it. She just was wreaking havoc. And God called me to speak into her circumstance. And God healed it. And I was rewarded in that. I believe I was. I do. I believe I was. I believe that God honored my obedience in that. No matter how... Well, you know, it was grudging at first. I did do it grudgingly at first, explaining to God, excuse me, do you see what's happening? And then it got to a point where, okay, wait. So in prayer, what you want to receive. Fast forward to today. I know what I prayed. And I know that the Father hears me. That's the confidence that I have. Even when I'm being flip. Even when I'm being frustrated and praying and just talking to God. I know He hears me. I was praying about money once. And I said, you know, God, even if I had, you know, X amount of dollars, which is what I said, I just need that because that bill was bothering me. <coughs> Excuse me. And I just left it at that. It was flipping. Didn't even understand how I was going to get it. A couple of days later, I get a card in the mail from a friend in another state. And in that card was the amount of money to the penny that I told God I needed. (laughs) Oh, my God. What am I saying to you? I am saying... That scripture that says, they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. I read that scripture a long, long time ago. It hangs in my head because words intrigue me. Strong exploits. They that know. I feel like I know them to a certain point. But right now I'm not feeling strong and can't remember the last time I did an exploit. Well, you know, Webster's definition of exploit. I read the Greek and the Hebrew and I really don't remember how they define exploits. But you know, I'm going to look that up in the morning and then I'm going to let you know what he meant by exploits. I try to walk my life in a way that my kids and my grandkids will look at me and think back on, this is how you should handle it, and this is what mama did, and 
you know, that kind of thing. No, I haven't been a good mom, in my own opinion. Oh, but that's a whole nother talk. Anyway, right now we're talking about knowing God. The Bible also talks about the measure of faith that you have. It also tells us that we only need the faith of a mustard seed, the size of a mustard seed. Many of us have not seen a mustard seed. When I was a little girl, I got a necklace with my name and this little mustard seed thing that would hung right there. Tiny little thing. Couldn't tell you where that is today, though. I wish I had it. I may just look it up and get myself another one and buy some for some other people I know. I know somebody out there still sells them. But I think that that scripture speaks on knowing him as we know him. Like, I know him as a healer. I know him as a a supplier. I know him as a comforter. I know him as peace that passes all understanding. So that's where my faith is at. But see, on this faith journey, you can't get stuck in one place. And so I know that in this time of growth, it feels not good. But I know that on the other side of this, I'll be happy that I did it. I'll be happy that I know him in that way. I'll be happy that I told you to hang in there, to know him. in a deeper way know him as more than he woke me up this morning started me on my way I I want you to know him I want you to know that he does supply needs I want you to know that he does heal now I can't explain all those times when it seemed like he didn't supply and he didn't heal and he didn't deliver. I, the Bible says that his his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not out there higher than ours. It's like, it's like our kids look at us and don't understand why we said no. But we know why we said no. But they don't understand why we said no. And trying to explain it to him doesn't... Trying to explain it to... <laughs> Trying to explain it to them doesn't always work. Just don't grow weary. Don't get tired. Don't be surly. Because, you know, one word from God can change your whole situation. I'm a visual person, so when I minister, God gives me pictures in my head, like portions of scripture I can see. I see pictures. My dreams are vivid and in color. Hmm. 
I am asking God to allow you to see his hand in your circumstance. That means you're going to have to walk circumspectly. That means you're going to have to see that thing and know, wait, what was that? That was God. No, it doesn't look like he comes when we call him. doesn't feel like it all the time. And yet he's always on time because he doesn't operate in time like we do. Time is for us. <sighs> Didn't mean to be long-winded. I just don't want you to be discouraged. Don't think that nothing's happening and that God doesn't hear you or don't, doesn't see you. Because he does. I want you to dwell on the last time you felt blessed. I want you to look at just what's happening in the day, in your day. See the blessings of God. Choose to see the blessings of God. You made it from point A to point B with no accident. Walked up the stairs and didn't trip. You know, those kind of things. See God's hand in all things. Because he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And you know what? We are more than conquerors. I have been trying to record this particular post for a while. Something always comes up. Phone rings. Someone walks in the room. Time runs short. I don't know. I've been trying to do this for a while. Anyway, I'm not going to waste time. But it occurred to me this morning that there are books and seminars and whole sermons on how to get your prayers answered. And yet it does seem that when we are down, feeling pressed, <clears throat> and we pray, um, doesn't seem like we've been heard. Even though the Bible says that the confidence we have is that when we pray, he hears us. The Bible tells us that we have to believe, honestly believe, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And yet, I, over these many, many years, have always wondered how to pray a prayer that would move God's hand in my favor. How to, I mean, like, like there's some kind of magic word or magic formula. In Matthew 6, Jesus is talking to the disciples after they ask him how to pray. And anyway, he tells them how to pray. It's the model prayer. You know, a lot of people, a lot of places, and I grew up calling it the Lord's Prayer. But it's really a model prayer. He's giving them a guide on how to pray. And it starts out with honoring, honoring God and the kingdom 
Seek ye first the kingdom. Everything else is added. And in Matthew 6, there's a lot of, there's guidelines of what we go through. And I'm not going to do that today, but it says that you're supposed to go in your room and pray in private. And God rewards that. Don't, you know, stand out and pray and just to be heard so that you're eloquent. I remember growing up listening to my grandfather pray at church. And I would watch him down on one knee, head bowed, praying. And then I noticed after a while that he would basically pray the same thing over and over. Didn't dawn on me as a kid, but as an adult, I realized now that he was praying one because it really truly did sound good and two because he hadn't gotten past that place yet the thing that hangs in my head that he said the most is if there be anything like sin around my heart God please remove it that hangs in my head can't remember all of the prayers that he prayed, but he prayed basically the same thing. And like I said, I heard it all the time whenever he prayed every Sunday. And anyway, the Bible tells us about vain repetitions. I don't know if that's it, but I know that the church has buzzwords and phrases and clauses. <laughs> anyway, I'm saying all that to say that as you study Matthew 6 and you're looking at the prayer, the thing that gets me is that it tells us that God already knows what we need before we even tell him what it is we need. And he's not an unjust God. He wouldn't give us a rock. We ask for bread. Hmm. One of the things that puzzles me, and I won't say it pu not puzzles, but um, I'm always in awe of. There are times when I will sit down and I will get my word out and I will speak the word and, and pray and God and please and, you know, and, and try to cast my burden, cast my care onto God. Those are the prayers that seem to linger without answer, or I can't see the answer, or I don't hear the answer, whatever way you want to deal with that. And then there are times when I can think something, boom, think something, and there it is, right there, boom, it's there. So I checked my level of faith at the time that I was praying. Quite honestly, even after all these years, I I don't know about how to check your level of faith. But I do know how to check my level of worry. And I do understand that worry benefits no one, anything. The Bible says to be anxious for nothing. Hmm. 
And it also tells us to pray in thanksgiving. That is difficult when you seem pressed on either side. Just know that he is God. When is a good time to talk about a praise report or to give a praise report? We spend a lot of time asking for prayer. Sometimes we tell people, yay, this is what happened. Or in my circumstance, I wasn't excited about the circumstance because I didn't see (laughs) how the project would be funded. Yes, we were granted the query press, but I just didn't see. We were granted the answer to the prayer, but my natural eye, I could not see how we're going to do it. That's always been my issue. Okay, God, I know you hear me. I know you see me. I know you are not surprised by this circumstance, but exactly how is this going to get done? Because for all intent and purposes, it's impossible. But then I know that the God I serve specializes in the impossible. So now I'm faced with the answer to a prayer request, okay, a number of prayer requests. And it was answered in a way that I didn't even see coming. Neither did my husband. And I haven't mentioned it to him, but I was thinking on it this morning. When is the best time to give a praise report? I was reminded of the drought in the Bible and rained, and the prophet prophesied rain. And he, I don't know the way I read it, he didn't think about it anymore. And then one day, you know, the story goes, his servant looks out and he sees a cloud the size of a fist. I look at my fist, that's not a very big cloud. But he prophesied rain. So, does the praise report start with the cloud that's as big as a fist? Or does the praise report come at the manifestation of rain? It occurs to me that we could praise both. Yay, God, we see a cloud because we know that clouds bring rain. Yay, God, because now the earth is wet and we have the evidence of rain. The Bible tells us that faith is the substance 
of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. I'm trying not to dwell on all the possibilities that this answer to prayer is. Try not to count my chickens before they hatch. <laughs> it does occur to me that when I do these posts, I readily assume that you, like me, will go to the Bible and search these things out. Look for those Bible stories that I'm rep referencing, which is good, because... The Bible says to study for yourself, to show yourself approved. When do you give a praise report? There are times in the Bible where people were healed. And God said, don't tell anybody. And we're talking big healing like leprosy. and Leprosy. You know what leprosy is when the body part falls off. You don't hear about leprosy much. But... He would often say, don't tell anybody. Of course they told people or we wouldn't know. Sure, they told people. But I'm now wondering, when is the best time for a praise report? I know I keep repeating myself, but I have been in places where people would talk about their problems. They would give detail by detail by detail. And then they would say, but I know God's got it. And in my head, okay, well, I understand your faith, but where's the proof? Which then makes me faithless because I didn't join my faith to theirs and what they know about God. And we do that a lot. Often we do on the outside looking in. Because what may be a praise for them isn't a praise for us. Like I heard a man one time saying that because God gave you a great, no, no, he didn't say because God. He said, just because you got a really good interest rate on a loan doesn't mean that God gave it to you. That's what he said. He was speaking that when God gives you something, he doesn't add any trouble to it. Hmm. I was listening myself when they were talking. And I thought to myself, well, no, it'd be God if they, he had just given you that thing straight out. No payments whatsoever. But that's my perception. Their praise report was, we got the loan. I've heard people praise God for an interview, for the job. Didn't get the job. Only to find out it was a good thing they didn't get the job. You know, on the face of it, that doesn't sound like a praise report. They didn't get the man, they didn't get the car, they didn't get the money, they didn't get the yes. In my opinion, humble, though it may seem, 
doesn't always look like a praise report. And yet the Bible says that his thoughts are higher than ours and his ways are not our ways. And those of us with the ability only see through a glass darkly. Only see half the picture. Not even half, a smidgen of what's going on. But in this instance, in my circumstance, I'm wondering, when do I give a praise report? Is it a lack of faith that I haven't said anything? Is it a lack of faith that I'm just being still and wondering (laughs) just how this project is going to get funded? Because, see, in my head, I need for my business to do better. I need for my books to sell more, my hubby's job to make the amount of money he wants it to make. And it doesn't help when I do make a sale and they stop payment or there's a complaint or whatever and it all goes sideways. Yes, I'm happy when I get a sale. Frustrated when I don't. (sighs) When do I give a praise report? When do you say, yes, God, answer the prayer? I know. Some of you remember Daniel. I was just reminded of him. The angel came to him and said that your prayer was answered when it was prayed. But they had to fight to get through for the answer to be made manifest. In my head, I've been praying most of my life the same thing. I have to understand that time is for us and it's not relative in heaven. There's no there's no time. So in my head, what has been years and years and years could be just now. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to put that out there for you. My question for you is, when does your faith say to give that praise report? We have to be very careful too, not to spread our disbelief. I know you remember the story of the little girl, Rhoda. I used to say Rhonda when I was little. She heard a knock at the door, and she went to the door, and she saw the prophet standing there. But the Bible says the church was praying because they knew that when they started praying, he was in chains, naked, chained to soldiers to make sure he didn't go anywhere. The story goes, the scripture goes, that the angel wake him up, Told him to get dressed, put your shoes on, let's go. And he goes to the house where the church was praying. The little girl opens the door, sees him, goes back, and says he's here. They say, girl, quit talking to us. 
You know the story. But she knew what she saw. So she didn't let their, I don't know, adult vibrato change what she saw. She knew he was there. I have to be very careful when expressing my, I don't know, my, uh, I don't want to say doubt, but my contemplating to spread faithlessness or cause you to question your faith. Quite honestly, when I think about the cloud that was the size of a fist, that's the praise report. You can see the cloud because you know clouds bring rain. Whether it rained right then or in an hour or a few months, that cloud was the answer to prayer. So, what I can say right now from where I'm standing in my circumstance, the atmosphere is ripe for cloud formation. No, I can't say that I see a cloud yet. But the servant didn't see it the first time either. He had to go back and forth. So, Rather than only believing when you see, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence that the atmosphere is right for a cloud formation. So again, I say, when is the best time to give a praise report? And I'm saying that for me, the best time to give a praise report is when I find myself going, huh, I didn't expect that. (laughs) Uh, That's who he is.